this is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Dix. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com And welcome. Today, I am delighted to have Ron Holt. Ron is the founder and CEO of Two Maids and a Mop, a residential cleaning company in Northwest Florida. Now it has grown to 31 markets across the country and has been recognized uh, as an Inc. 5000 uh, company, has uh, won an Inc. High Power Award, and it also has been featured in various publications, including Forbes, CNN Money, Entrepreneur, and Success Magazine. Ron, welcome. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited to share my story with everyone today. Yeah, because I think you have uh, a, an amazing story that people that need to hear, and, I, and I'm quite sure it will resonate with a lot of people. So tell the audience, Ron, how did you get started? So much like uh, every other um, young boy in America, I wanted to own a cleaning business. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I I'm, I was like everyone else, wanted to be the next Tom Brady. But I, um, you know, as I was inside corporate America, as I was a manager inside uh, corporate America, I learned a lot of different things that uh, sort of taught me that corporate America was not somewhere I really wanted to be. Made a lot of money, um, had a nice career path in front of me, and a lot of future. Uh, future seemed very, very bright. And plus, I was living in a very comfortable town with lots of friends and family. So um, it, there, was, there wasn't a lot of negative things uh, other than I really felt that me as a person, I, I was being trapped. Uh, I didn't have the quite the freedom I wanted to 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 uh, make some real leaps in my life. Mm-hmm. So, in my mid to late twenties, I finally decided that it was time to to make that change. If I was ever going to take the risk, that was the time to do it. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I had no family, no children at the time, so it was really easy to make that decision. Because honestly, if there was going to be failure, it was a lot easier to accept that failure then than it would be now. Now that I have a family with with two small uh, kids, great. So, um, that was what initially led me to the idea of entrepreneurship. I'll tell you, and if you want, I can continue to go because I've got a really cool story of what led me from that moment to, all, of all things, a, a cleaning business idea. Indeed. I think a lot of times, Ron, as you just described, you know, people working in corporate America, they have a comfy job, they're getting paid a lot of money, uh, you know, kind of, you know, you know, they have a house and, you know, they have, you know, good, good benefits package. And oftentimes a lot of people, they would just kind of sit right there because they, they kind of have a fear of kind of rocking the boat. You know, it's like for them, it's like, well, you know, everything's going well. Everything's smooth sailing right now. You know, I'm not trying to rock the boat. I don't want to mess everything up. And sometimes they don't see uh, what's possible, you know, the, you know, a, a, a future that can definitely uh, create financial freedom for themselves. You know, and, and, and you was very courageous to to start on your entrepreneurial journey. You know, but you know, but but let's let's talk about that a little bit as far as like, you know, was your family supportive? Was your friends supportive? Or did they say, I don't know, man, it may not be a good idea. Well, I, I love I love my family. Um, but I, I think they would, if they were here, they would agree that they, they were not very supportive early on. Um, I ditched everything. I mean, they had, my, my mom and dad had at the time had financed a lot to 
uh, allow me to graduate from college. And all of a sudden, I'm leaving that discipline to start a cleaning business of all things. So it was a bit of a strange move at the time. So very few people thought I was this uh, trailblazer trendsetter that, that maybe people look at me as, as today. So it, there was a lot of people saying, no, 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 this is a bad idea. But inside my head, there was one person who kept telling me to keep going and keep going. And that uh, sort of refuse to lose mentality I've always had. And it really it really allowed me to to forge ahead and sort of buck the buck the trend. You know, a lot of people just um, it's it's so much risk associated with owning a business and not only owning the business, but starting and managing in business. And um, that risk um, really changes everything about your lifestyle, both good and bad. So I, I understand why people are. Uh, not necessarily supportive in some cases, but at the same time, if you're like me and you really want there to be a legacy behind your name, if you really want there to be something to do every day that you enjoy, I could I, I, that I felt so selfish back then because my primary motivation was I, I wanted to start a business because I wanted to have fun, mm-hmm. uh, still have fun today. I had fun when I was losing money uh, 13 years ago, and I have wow. just as much fun today while I'm making money. It's no different um, today and. You know that uh, I uh, I'm glad that there were a lot of people around me who said don't do it don't do it because you need those people but at the same time I'm so glad um, and fortunate that I was able to to move past that and, and start the business. Yeah, and if we can draw a contrast, something you said earlier about a lot of people that kind of worry about doing it because of the risk. But you know, I, I like to look at the the opposite end to say that you know it's also is also risky. Uh, being an employee as well, because uh, you know it's like it's like you know it's like you want to believe, you want to hope that the company you're working for is stable. You know, not 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 upper, upper management is not gonna not gonna always tell you uh, kind of you know what's you know what's going on as far as financials and if the if the company is uh, stable or not. You know, sometimes people unfortunately you know you know they get a, they, they get they got two uh, you know two month notice uh, that, that they're gonna get laid off and you know at, at, at once used to be a cushy job now they have to kind of reinvent the wheel so you know it's i i i i think a lot of times it's kind of a false perception and people thinking that all oh, you know business is just so risky so risky it's just better off the uh, being an employee but then at the same time it can be just as risky as far as being an employee what would you say to that ron yeah, that's that's a great point and i that actually happened to my own family my father worked for a city government um for his entire life, I mean, his entire adult life, and uh, became sick and ill with um, uh, different things uh, toward the latter part of his life, and honestly was kind of forced into retirement, even though he had put in more than 35 years of service to to this uh, uh, entity. So that uh, occurred at about the same time that I, I made the switch from corporate employee to business owner, And looking back, I can, you know, I didn't always tie the two things together at the time, but looking back, I I definitely use what happened to my father as, as a catalyst to becoming an entrepreneur. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm definitely, uh, it's great that you had that experience to really uh, inspire you and motivate you uh, to start on your entrepreneur journey. So let's, let's, let's get into it. Let's get into two maids in a mile. That's quite a unique name. Let's talk about how did you come up with that name? (laughs) Well, I, I, from day one, I had a, a vision for Two Maids and a Mop to be a brand. Um, it, it was hard for that to be looked at as a brand early on because we had so much chaos, so much, um, so many issues. Honestly, we were losing money for such, you, you mentioned it earlier, we lost money for 
more than two years and didn't even earn my first paycheck till to almost three, four years. So early on to, to say we were going to take over the world, the cleaning world, it seemed a little bit ludicrous. But I always had that vision. I've always had that vision. The vision I have today is almost the exact same vision as I had 13 and a half years ago. So when I started the business, I wanted to build the business into something that could be scalable. And uh, Ron's cleaning service, I just didn't see that happening. So two maids and a mop. It made sense. Um, it was it was not trademarked yet. Um, I did the proper research to make sure that we would not be infringing in any type of legal issues. And I, I, but mostly, I wanted I wanted to have a business name that was scalable, and that whenever you heard it, you knew exactly what the business uh, served or what type of tasks uh, the business performed. Great. So uh, you know, two maids in a mop. And, you know, what was it like, you know, uh, like, for, like, for example, like, uh, I, I typically don't know uh, a lot of people, you know, who's, you know, they, they, they go into business of residential cleaning, you know, you know, nowadays around everybody wants to have an app or they want to, they want to, they want to, you know, you know, uh, you know, try to try to get on Shark Tank or, you know, sometimes <laughs> these businesses like this, um, you know, do you have a passion, you know, did you have a passion for like kind of, you know, like, you know, custodial or janitorial work? Start with a free audio book. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. You may not have a lot of free time, but you can definitely listen to a book on a plane, on the bus, or even while you're driving. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. Start reaching the finish line with your free audiobook. Or where did the idea come from into where you said, or, or did you just say, you know what, this makes sense. You know, this is kind of a low risk sustainable. I think I'll go, go with this. Sure. So there were, there were three things, three primary things at least that, that um, evolved in my head after I made the decision to become an entrepreneur. Um, I was still working inside this corporate America gig. I was working actually inside of a contract testing laboratory, hmm. have a biology degree. So I was using that degree and I was the director of the laboratory and Something hit me one day as, as, as I was managing that lab that I'd never really heard the word. I didn't, I didn't go to business school. So this term that I'm about to tell you, I'd, I'd never heard before until I lived it. But I lived through the idea or, or through the um, theme of recurring revenue. I, again, had never heard that before. But this particular lab that I was working inside had about 25 clients. And they were global clients. Um, they were all over the world, um, but there were only 25 of those clients. And those clients were a pretty big deal to me because we didn't have to resell to these folks. We didn't have to market to these folks. They actually spent money on us. We didn't spend money on them. And those 25 clients generated millions of dollars of revenue for that particular lab. So I knew that step one in my process of becoming a business owner, it had to have some, the business had to have some type of recurring revenue theme to it. And obviously the maid service industry fit that bill. So that was sort of step one to the discovery. Okay. Uh, there were two other quick things. Um, secondly, I, I I've always been a big fan of technology, even back 13 years ago. Um, it's easy to say that today because, like you said, everybody starts their own app today and call themselves a business. Yeah. <laughs> but back then, I, I, you know, I, 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 it was a different type of technology. But I, I felt that the residential cleaning industry had really not accepted the role of technology, still really don't, don't accept it today. Um, I had some pretty wild visions of robots cleaning homes. We haven't really accomplished that yet. But uh, you know, certainly with the administrative side, the sales and marketing side and the operational side of our business, we've used technology to innovate and even disrupt our marketplace. And I didn't really see cleaning businesses thinking about technology whenever they were thinking about their business. And then 
the third thing I, I really wanted to be in a business that no one else wanted to be in. I, I really felt that as unpopular as un, and as unsexy as the residential cleaning industry is, that actually was going to be my best friend as the business started to grow. I knew that I would not be able to match um, competitors in other markets that are in other, other industries that had lots of capital and uh, lots of other resources. So I wanted to make sure that my success was as under the radar as possible until it was too late. So that's kind of where we are today. We, we're in a much better position than we were 13 years ago. And so we're able to really talk more about what we've been doing to be successful. So recurring revenue, lack of technology, and um, really just a sort of a contrarian type of industry. When, when I put those three things together, it led me directly to the residential cleaning industry. That's quite interesting, too, because, uh, you know, I, I see these newspaper ads, uh, you know, in, in the local newspapers, and I often see that it's also a, a very low bar to entry. Like you don't need a whole lot of money to, to especially, especially if you're, if you're, if you want to buy a franchise, uh, you don't need a whole lot of money to get into it. And then I would imagine for you starting a company uh, before you started franchising your company, uh, you know, it was also low cost, low risk. Would you say that's right? Yeah, you know, in our industry, it's comprised of, it's a very fragmented industry. So you can call yourself a cleaning business and literally just be one person cleaning five homes during the course of a week, or you can have 500 clients over the course of one week. And it's the one industry that, that one of the few industries where you can sort of sit side by side people who treat it like a hobby versus others who treat it like a business. So it's really the perspective you look at it. In our world, uh, the total investment for a two maids and a mop franchise varies anywhere from as little as sixty thousand dollars to to as much as one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. So it's a substantial investment for for some people. Um, every market's different, obviously. Even back in those old, old days, I mean, it, it took me. I actually um, consumed almost one hundred and fifty thousand dollars before we really ever figured out how to make money with this model. So. Yes, you can tiptoe your way into this industry and just go buy a vacuum cleaner from Walmart and call yourself a cleaning business. But if you treat it like a real business opportunity, it's uh, it can be a considerable investment, um, and it should be. And if you if that's that's one of the true secrets to to our business um, is the folks who treat cleaning services like an actual business have a leg up on others because we're one of the few industries where people attach the trade to our business first and the business second. Um, you I even see. hear it, cleaning business. You know, when you think McDonald's or Subway, you don't think, man, I got to be really good at making burgers or sandwiches before I start that. But in our industry, <laughs> people think that. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> and, and, and getting into that, um, you know, it, it, you know, for you, you know, uh, and and one thing that you definitely, uh, you know, was able to understand is the principle of delayed gratification. And a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, or a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs, they kind of have this idea that oh, this is a great idea, and it's just going to going to take off. All the money's going to start raining down. I'm going to be rich and all this stuff, and it's kind of very unrealistic. But for you, the business, it took two years uh, before you earned a profit. Let's talk about that. You know, what what was that experience like? As far as maybe any challenges, any frustrations. Oh my gosh, it was very frustrating. Um, I tell all of our franchise owners today to be patient, 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 patient. Well, that's great, and I'll, I'll continue to tell that to people. But the truth is, I'm I'm very impatient. I, mean, I, was, <laughs> I was impatient back then as well. Uh, I I wanted it right right away, um, but I also had this. I sort of alluded to this earlier. I sort of have this 
comp- competitive nature where I just don't want to lose. Mm-hmm. And I knew that all those friends and all those family members had told me, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And I was not about to walk back in front of those folks and say I, I failed. So I had a, uh, a competitive nature and still have it today that just forced me and to get through a lot of rough days. I, I had never been in that world before. I had never owned a business. I had never supervised and uh, an uh, hourly workforce before. I'd never cleaned a home before. There were so many new things for me that I was experiencing. Uh, not to mention the, the most difficult part was imagine working 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week and then at the end of that week actually writing a check um, for the for the luxury of working. So I, I, I dealt with that for such a long time and I never really, con- it never, it never made me worried. I was never scared. I, I had this real big vision again, same vision I have today. And that's what kept me grounded. Even on those days where I worked harder than I'd ever worked before and still lost money. Right. The vision is, is, was my anchor. As the business, uh, as you were, you know, from, uh, day one into uh, your second year into business, you know, you wasn't earning a profit. So did you have a lot of, you know, did you have, did you have a lot of savings to live off of, you know, while you were uh, investing into the business? I did. I, I um, so going back to that lab, those lab days um, in Atlanta, I, I was working inside that and again, making pretty good money, didn't have children. But I, when I finally made the decision I was going to become a business owner, I started just saving money like nobody's business. No family and friends. We were I didn't grow up very wealthy. I uh, wasn't poor, but we didn't grow up uh, uh, with a lot of money. Um, and they, so my parents uh, didn't really have the opportunity to, to fund the business. So I knew it was going to have to come from me and not a bank or any other entity. So I had weekend jobs. I had nighttime jobs. I ate really bad food. I lived in really bad places. And I Saved 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 and then finally saved enough money, um, almost one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to be exact. Wow. And when I hit that one hundred and fifty mark, that was my uh, that was my time to say that it's time to make a move and it's time to start a business. I internalized that number inside my head, and I knew that when that when I finally hit that number, it was it was time to go. Yeah, and and then you know you know um, so you know, crossing the second year mark as we earned a profit. And then, you know, you know, shortly before you hit the third year, you know, that's when you got your first paycheck. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that experience. And what was that like? Sort of like almost like a feeling of vindication. Oh, gosh, I can I can remember it like it was yesterday, because you, you have to remember for such a long time, my the uh, my checking account and my savings account for the business uh, was in was was dropping I mean, every day. It got worse. <laughs> So I can remember that day that the savings account actually increased, and uh, I, it, I I can still see it in my head how, how amazing it made me feel. Um, you know, the the really cool news um, from that day forward, we never lost another dollar, mm. and so every every day since that day has been a step in a, in, a, in a different direction. So um, it was definitely a seminal moment in, in my life, almost sort of like graduation. And it was then it was time to to start thinking about much bigger things than just running that one store. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, for for people who are just tuning in, um, for I typically live in a I typically live in a new country every few months. So I'm always hopping around, and kind of as a it's a great you know as a lifestyle entrepreneur, it's a great opportunity to really give me contrast on what's going on in the world. Want the full episode? You can get it. Will you become a Prim 20 premium radio subscriber? Go to reachingthefinishline.com 
forward slash buy to get your premium subscription today. Get one hour commercial free episodes, private mastermind calls with our guests, and much more. Go to reachinthefinishline.com forward slash buy to get your premium subscription for just another way to help you start reaching your finish line. As a person that specifically focuses on uh, business, uh, you know, it's always something continues, it's always something that continues to interest me. And before I came to England, the uh, last country I was in was in Spain. And in Spain, uh, you know, if people are very, it's almost like people are scared to start a business. Uh, most businesses in Spain uh, do not have more than 10 employees. There's only, there's only probably like, I think it was like something like 15 to 17% of business. The, the whole point in all of that was to say that, you know, a lot of people still have those fears. You know, a lot of people still uh, basically is presuming that they will fail. You know, what if I fail? What if I fail? What if I fail? And I'm quite sure you probably have a lot of friends like that, Ron, you know, who probably have the same aspirations as they want to start a business. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's you know, they, they, they kind of just automatically assume that they're not good enough. They're not smart enough. They don't have the resources. They don't have the connections. And they, they just automatically assume failure. You know, that that's absolutely true. We, we see it today a lot of people who come to us and who are interested in franchise ownership because you got to remember, we're, we're actually talking to a bunch of other small business owners whenever we franchise this, this concept now. So we've, we're talking to a lot of people that have the same sort of moment of change in their life that, that I went through 13 years ago. They were either in corporate America or they're in a situation where they want to do something different. But almost every single one of those folks who come in here, you can you can see it in their eyes. There's a bit of fear. Um, it's unknown. It's a, a bit of a mysterious type of landscape that not everybody um, uh, knows. You know, almost everyone knows someone that works. You know, whether it's your mom or your dad or family, everybody works. But very few people start a business, and more importantly, very few people start a business and grow a business. Um, so I, I can understand that, but at the same time, I. I um, I, I would, there's no chance I'd ever go back. Uh, I love what I'm doing. I've loved it for a long time. And as crazy as it sounds, I loved it even during those days we were losing money uh, 13 years ago. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, that's something I always try to encourage people uh, as far as you know, getting uh, you know, you know, getting started somewhere uh, in the realm of entrepreneurship. You know, whether it's social entrepreneurship, lifestyle entrepreneurship, wherever that is. Because you know, as you stated before, and, and and your story is a testament that people can ultimately have financial freedom if they're just willing to give some sweat equity uh, in that. And uh, we're going to take a break, but uh, as you know, when we come back, we'll talk more about Ron's franchise model and how he has expanded and 31 markets across the country. We'll be right back. And we're back, reaching the finish line, and we have on Ron Holt. Ron is the founder and CEO of Two Maids and a Mop, a residential cleaning company in Northwest Florida, now serving 31 markets across the country, uh, recently recognized as an Inc. 5,000 company, and has been seen in publications including Entrepreneur, CNN Money, and Success Magazine. We were just talking about Ron's journey and, you know, how, you know, he was into the business uh, two years and didn't earn a profit. And then finally, you know, nearing that third year, he finally got his first paycheck. So, and, and now, you know, Ron has 
kind of go on to do bigger things. So, Ron, let's kind of talk about now since you your, your franchise model. You know, at what point did you decide it and you say, you know what, we're doing well. You know, you know, let's let, let's take the next step and franchise it out. So, for a very long time, um, honestly, for the first decade or so of the business, we opened our own corporate stores. We had twelve corporate stores at one point across five different U.S. states. And had over 200 employees, and at the time, we're the largest, the single largest residential cleaning company in America. Um, so times were good, uh, growth was there, success was there. Um, the the problem we were having, we just didn't quite have the infrastructure to support such widespread widespread growth. So we really hit a a critical point in in our business about three and a half years ago when we had to either stop the growth uh, and and then deal with the infrastructure to, to support the the future growth. Or we had to uh, think about a different type of growth. That uh, growth turned out to be franchising. Franchising, I really didn't know a whole lot about. Um, didn't even know what an FDD stands for. That's a pretty basic thing in franchising called the Franchise Disclosure Document. So for about a, a year or so, we researched franchising, talked to other franchisors, talked to franchisees, and finally made the decision to to move forward with our growth uh, with franchising. And turns out... Uh, much like everything in life, once you really enter something that you don't know a whole lot about, a whole lot about, once you know a lot about that particular topic, then you you wish you had learned more about it earlier. And that's the case here. I wish we would have franchised this brand a long time ago because what's so cool and great about franchising is now instead of hiring someone, teaching someone how to do their job and saying, go do it. Now we teach someone how to do it, but instead of that person working for us, they're working with us. A franchisee is a partner to us, the franchisors. So it's a unique relationship that has turned out to be something that has allowed for our growth to, to be even uh, more uh, faster than it was before. And let's, let's draw a kind of the contrast. What would be some, uh, let's say pros and what will be some cons and being a franchisee. Well, the pros are, are pretty straightforward. You get to use an established business model. You don't have to go through some of the chaos and headaches that I went through early on as an entrepreneur by myself. I was uh, a pioneer, I'd like to say, but I was definitely a lone ranger. And whenever there was a mistake, whenever there was a failure, whenever there was a problem, I didn't have anybody to turn to. It was all me and only me. As a franchisee, you absolutely have a network. You have a family surrounding you, whether it's another franchisee or whether it's us at the home office level, we can support you because we've somebody's already been down that road. There's no such thing as a new problem when it comes to business. Somebody's dealt with that problem at some point, uh, no matter the size of the geography. So a franchising gives you that franchise family of support, gives you an established business model um, that's uh, so, supposed to. Uh, eliminate a lot of the startup headaches that most businesses endure as they as they get moving forward. Uh, obviously, with with franchising, um, since you are expected to follow a model, that means as a franchisee, you're expected to follow that that business model. So, if there are some things that you want to do internally to change directions, it's very difficult for that to happen. So, you you really can't just make up things as you go. So, if you have an entrepreneur entrepreneur mindset. Um, where you really want to be your own type of um, a business owner, and you want to you want to accept the risk, uh, then you know sometimes franchising is not the best option for that type of personality. I probably was not the best fit for a franchisee uh, when I first started. Two maids in about thirteen and a half years ago, 
Um, but most people who come to us today have already accepted the fact they're not really interested in taking over the world or, or necessarily changing the world. They want to follow something that's already uh, been proven to be successful and proven to work, and they're okay following those rules. So there is a bit more rule um, rules that you have to follow as a franchisee versus an entrepreneur. I always talk about business ownership. There's actually two different categories in, in America, in the American economy. One is uh, an entrepreneur, which is what most people think about when they think about business ownership. But the second is franchise franchising. Now, a franchisee owns a business just like an entrepreneur does, but they have to own it in two different ways. As we come to a close, if people want to follow you, uh, or get in, or get in contact with you, Ryan. Uh, maybe about just to say hi, or maybe you know the franchise opportunity. How to do that? There, there's a couple ways. Uh, the most easy way is to visit our, our franchise opportunity website. It's twomaidsfranchise.com, um, and it's just like it sounds. T W O twomaidsfranchise.com. You're going to learn a lot about our franchise opportunity. On there. you're going to learn a little bit about the history that you've already heard today, but you're also going to learn about how this could affect you as a business owner as well. There's literally more than two hours of content on the Franchise Opportunity website. Uh, so that's one easy way. Uh, the, the, a more direct way is, is, honestly, you can look me up on almost any social media channel. I try to find, I try to, not find, but I try to produce as much content. Um, so much, so many things have been given to me over the years, and I've used uh, that information from other successful people to build what we have today. So one of my uh, objectives in life as I continue to grow as a person and, and, and as a business owner is to give some of that back. So um, I write articles in Medium. I write articles within LinkedIn and uh, have a lot of other areas where I try to provide as much free content as possible so that people can follow my lead and learn from my life. Indeed. Uh, definitely uh, check out, check out uh, Ron hold and uh, his franchise uh, opportunity it, it can definitely be a, a step to help you reach your finish line ron thank you for being our guest thank you so much kayla and i enjoyed every second of it and hopefully we can talk again thank you for listening just another great episode by callan diggs best-selling author and career strategist has seen a fast company and ink magazine if you're not on an email list you're missing out go to reaching the finish line dot com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.